There's no place like home, and Winnipeg returned to Canada Life Center over this past weekend, kicking off their homestand against the Florida Panthers. First home game of the season and first home victory. We'll dive into all of what went right and some of the mistakes on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, my name is Harrison Lee. I'm an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for more details. Now, like I said, Winnipeg opened their official, I guess you could say, home half of the schedule for this year with a game against the Florida Panthers. We talked about this being an interesting matchup because I thought the Jets would win 4-2. I thought Winnipeg's... Um, depth lines would win their matchups and kind of crater whatever Florida had. Because if you look at the Panthers roster this year, they're not so good. Now I'll say this. My prediction was partially right. The Jets did win and they did win by, I think a plus two goal differential, but it wasn't quite as easy as I expected. Uh, or, well, I mean, it's never easy, right? But I thought the Panthers might not have as much firepower, but thanks to Winnipeg occasionally stepping off the gas late in the game, things ended up getting a little bit more interesting than I think uh, Bones would have liked. But let's talk about the game overall, right? This was more or less how I envisioned the Jets playing. Uh, four really good lines controlling most of their matchups. Winnipeg would give up odd man rushes, and you know that's where uh, the Panthers would be really be really dangerous, and the Jets would also have to stay off the penalty kill. Unfortunately for Winnipeg, they took a lot of penalties this game, some of which were questionable, some of them pretty darn legit. I think a lot of people took issue with the Pionk interference towards the end of the game, but honestly, that was pretty textbook if you ask me, and because Pionk did it so obviously away from the puck, unfortunately, you got to get called for that. So yeah, lots of discipline issues, but thankfully the Jets PK generally did enough to hold up. There were only one or two mistakes here and there that ended up punishing the Jets, but you know, again, Winnipeg... Uh, for the most part, their PK has really evened out over the last year or so, and it seems like Bones has had a pretty good impact on that. So I hope that it continues to be the case going forward. Even a league average PK would be fantastic. The Jets' power play also finally connected after creating tons of opportunities against the Flames and struggling to put a few away. But yeah, the Jets' power play, this one was a beautiful uh, top-shelf snipe from Mark Shifley. He took a great pass through the neutral zone, cut between two or three defenders, and came in on goal and just did what Mark Shifley does, which is blow it by the goalie. Obviously, Shifley, you know, he's not going to sustain the current goal-scoring pace that he's on of like 82 this year, but make no mistake, he is a player who, when he's got a chip on the shoulder like he does right now, you can't really stop him. He was uh, very dynamic. I thought his line 
played pretty well. Uh, the only thing I didn't love was Kyle Connor uh, kind of having some really, really, really big defensive struggles. Not super shocking. That's sort of his shtick, right? You know, he's one of those guys who's very good on the puck when, you know, it's in the offensive zone, but maybe not so good elsewhere on the ice. But thankfully, Velarde did a lot of the work. He and Shifley actually had some really smart defensive reads and generally kept the puck away from their own end while KFC did whatever it is that KFC does. Otherwise, you know, the Jets had a really nice, well-rounded effort. I thought the bottom six played really well. Barron had himself a great game, actually scored a goal. Kupari, also very noticeable. The Lowry line, I thought, had a pretty solid outing. Um, everyone's going to remember from this game, the shorthanded goal between Appleton and Lowry. This one sort of squeaking through uh, Bobrovsky, but you had to see it. If you missed it, you should go watch the video right now. Basically, uh, Lowry lost his stick, and you know he was on the, the right, wall, right wall, kicking the puck up uh, towards the neutral zone. Appleton recognized that there was a two-on-one and started skating, and Lowry starts skating, kicks the puck over, and gets it far enough to where it's kind of like skating and, and swirling up ahead of him. And he comes along uh, the benches, and as he's you know striding towards the puck alongside Appleton, picks up a stick from Morrissey and creates a perfect assist for Appleton to just squeeze it through Bobrovsky. One of the best shorthanded goals I've ever seen, and just period, one of the coolest goals you're likely to ever see. You don't really see people grabbing somebody else's stick off the bench. Um, I don't think they gave Morrissey an assist for this. I'd have to look it up. But it was basically as close to an assist as you could possibly get, right? That's pretty funny. Uh, even if he wasn't on the ice, he definitely had a huge hand in contributing to that goal. Otherwise, you know, I, I, I really liked the depth players. I thought the second line with Perfetti was pretty darn good. The deployments, I think we saw a lot of the bottom six. The second line kind of got ro rotated in a bit more um, infrequently, but overall, man, you know, what a great outing. Uh, Perfetti, I think, had a really fun game. He had a great assist to DeMello for a pitch-perfect peak of a or peach of a shot, but the pass itself, almost a no-look cross-lot pass, basically diagonal to DeMello, put it on a platter. He really couldn't miss. Now, I did say that despite all of the good stuff the Jets did, there was a late game kind of collapse that put them in jeopardy. They conceded a couple of quick goals within like two minutes that put the Jets under a lot of pressure. Uh, you, you could kind of see it coming because Florida was sort of taking advantage of the Jets really backing off. And that's not something that you really want to see late in games. Winnipeg has, you know, sometimes struggled to close out efforts in the past. This one was a little, little bit silly, if I'm being honest. The Jets really just don't want to do this on a routine basis because for as well as they played, if they get sloppy and maybe a little bit too cocky, they can be punished very easily. So something I'm sure the coaching staff will want to clean up. I would also say that uh, Dylan and Schmidt had really, really bad outings. Another bad game from those two. I don't know what to do with them, to be honest, because uh, obviously, you know, Pionk has his own issues. But so far, Sandberg has been doing enough to kind of maintain that pairing and keep them afloat. Dylan and Pionk together on the other, or Dylan uh, Dylan and Schmidt on the other hand together just really struggle. Uh, Dylan and Pionk, we know, is a bad pairing. Schmidt-Pionk would also probably be bad. Dylan and Schmidt together, it's just not working. No one can make clean breakout passes. The skating uh, legs that Schmidt used to have appear to be, you know, kind of, kind of leaving him, to be honest. He was really struggling to get up the ice. He had some really bad passes, and, you know, Dylan's just not the kind of guy who's like a really big transition player. He is, you know, by by and large, a very physical stay-at-home type who can still move the puck effectively once in a while, but that's not really his bread and butter. So 
something for the Jets to consider. I think uh, Winnipeg, they're going to want to look at that position long-term because that's probably one of the biggest needs for the, the the team towards the trade deadline is figuring out what to do with the defense. But I don't want to spoil all of my early takeaways. I'll talk about some of the stuff in just a little bit and how the Jets are looking early into the season. And again, I stress it is very early, so we're not going to call this you know the gospel as to how the Jets are going to be this year, but Already some very intriguing signs. Before we dive into how the Jets have done so far, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. A player, say Mark Shifley on Winnipeg's roster, scores a hat trick. Maybe the Jets even win a Stanley Cup. And if you want to win 100 times your money, play daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. All of these things can happen in our lifetimes. You know, a, a Shifley hat trick is actually something that's not that uncommon for him as much as you'd expect, but maybe a cup is a little bit ambitious. Winning 100 times your money, though? Well, you know what? You want a shot at winning big, and Sleeper is here to help. That's why you've really got to stick to a daily fantasy schedule with their app. As the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests, tracking everything from saves to plus minus to goals and assists and so much more for all of the top players. Of course, Shifley is just one amongst many, so you've got your choice of Ehlers, Perfetti. Maybe you want to go outside the Jets and look at McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, all of the biggest names. You heard me, Jets fans, though. The most important thing is that you can get up to 100 times your payouts on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks in so you can win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Tonight's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, those of you out there uh, who have ever dealt with mental health issues, you know that sometimes you feel like your brain's getting in the way. You know what you want to do. You know what you feel like you want to do. You just can't get there. And that's why BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help figure out what's holding you back from being the person you want to be and doing the things you want to do. And therapy is is great for helping you work on yourself. And you know what? Instead of against yourself, right? That's always a challenge that I think a lot of us, especially with all the pressures of modern society, information overload, all of that stuff, it's tough on our brains. And BetterHelp is here to give you a helping hand. If you want to give therapy a try, visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NHL and get on your way to being your best self. Obviously, this is a uh, it's a tough time right now. And I think a lot of us could use a bit of an extra voice, you know, coaching us through things, helping us get through a lot of the issues in our lives because we can't do it alone. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNHL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we talk about the Jets and their early season takeaways, right? Stuff that we've noticed so far, how Winnipeg is done, uh, early signs. And, you know, I don't want to get too excited and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but let's be honest, this Jets team is looking pretty darn good. I, I know that you're going to look at the one-on-one record and also see like um, eight or so goals conceded through two games, but I promise you that stuff is going to probably work its way out over the next few weeks. I think the most important thing is is that at even strength this year, this Jets team is serious business. They aren't messing around 
They're a really good team. And I think people finally should start taking notice of just how good the Jets have been offensively. Um, we've got four, four, four lines. And I, I said, you know, I stressed four multiple times. I should have said it four times for the uh, the fun effect. But uh, I'm telling you, man, that, that difference of having four lines that you can roll consistently against opponents is a massive game changer for this Jets team. Last year and in previous seasons, we haven't seen a team that was as deep as this roster is. The Jets legitimately have the chance to match up against most top teams and actually come out doing pretty well. Uh, in previous years, our depth lines were, you know, very depthy, right? When I say that, I mean, you've got guys who are like replacement level. AHLers promoted to NHL spots who are decent, but maybe not the best at what they do. Uh, guys who are veteran journeyman players that, you know, maybe they can carve out a role on the PK or something, but you're not expecting much else from them. With what the Jets are rolling with now, Lowry, Appleton, um, of Baron, of course, Nemesnikov, Kupari, and uh, uh, I have followed. This is like a legitimately amazing bottom six, maybe one of the best the Jets have had since 2018. And I know that it's weird to talk about depth lines this much, but it's a huge difference in how the top nine really functions, right? Because if you have essentially two third lines anchoring your bottom six, you can actually rest and rotate your top six and the middle six a lot more frequently. And it also gives you different matchup looks. And it also really helps when guys like Kupari and Baron are really freaking good at attacking the slot area. These guys effortlessly close the gap. You've got Lowry, who's a very ground and pound kind of player. Ayafalo has already scored early in his Jets debut and looks to be a great find. There's just a lot to like with this depth unit, and it's going to give you know, the top two lines, extra firepower and support and allow them to kind of rotate more frequently. The more you can ro roll these lines against opponents, the harder it is for opponents to match up effectively against you. We all know that in past years, the Jets always went best on best when it came to, say, the McDavid line. And Winnipeg almost always lost that, right? Shifley is just not uh, McDavid. He can't be. He's never was supposed to be. It was never meant to be that way. And when you did win a shift against them, you were probably pretty thrilled, right? It, it's a lot to try and contain players like that. But with the Jets now having, you know, a quality bottom six that can more effectively challenge top players like that, that's going to be helpful to open up Winnipeg to attack their, you know, their opposing weaker lines with guys like Shifley and Connor and Ehlers who can kind of feast on, you know, more middle six opposition. That's what you want. That's how the Jets ran in 2017, 2018. And we're seeing early signs of that here. Where I think the Jets are, are certainly not as as uh, strong in is on the defensive side of things, right? This this blue line unit, it's rough. And I think there are a couple of veteran D who are unfortunately holding the Jets back a bit, both in puck moving ability and also in the timing of their defensive reads. And I, I don't like calling players out on a consistent basis, but we've mentioned their names frequently enough for you to know who I'm talking about. Pionk, Dylan, and Schmidt. Dylan is especially uh, concerning because he was supposed to be one of our most defensively well put together players. And so far he's had a slow start to the season. I know that was the case in previous years, but at this rate, the jets really don't have a lot of margin for errors. So he's got to sort it out really quickly or else it's going to be a long season with Schmidt and Pionk. I don't know what you do with them other than just hope that, you know, maybe at some point this year, you can move one of their contracts. And I'm going to tell you it's Schmidt. Pionk, I think they really still love. So whether you like watching him or not, the Jets very much trust him, which means he's not going to go anywhere. So in the meantime, you know, it's probably one of Dylan or Schmidt. 
I suppose the positive spin is that maybe the Jets can get a, like a rental player out of this. There's been talk of a guy who's very much not a rental and has some term in Connor Garland. The, the Jets could potentially make a deal with Vancouver to bring Garland in for a couple of seasons, especially if their salary retained, but I don't know how all of that would shake out. So a lot to consider, but I think for Winnipeg's standpoint so far, early season goings, two games in, you got to like what you see, especially at even strength. That was a you know concern over the past several years, and I think the Jets aced it. The power play looks better. The PK is still decent enough. I'm sure Hellebuck will make a few extra saves here over the next few weeks as well. So I'm pretty optimistic about how the season is looking. You make the right trades and personnel changes, and things get better. Speaking of all that stuff, we'll talk about what kinds of trades the Jets might be interested in and how they can uh, really get themselves on track for a stronger finish to this year uh, to this year and into the playoffs. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Jace Medical. When it you know comes to being out in the field and stuff, a lot of you like to hike. Maybe you're very adventurous and go exploring. I know the outdoors can be great callings and obviously hanging out with your friends and family and stuff. It's a fun time when you're experiencing nature and getting out there, but it's also a risky time. And sometimes you might find yourself stuck in the middle of a natural disaster or maybe even something as innocent as just tripping and falling and cutting yourself. But suddenly that cut turns into an infection. You don't want to be caught unprepared. And that's why Jace Medical is offering the Jace case, a nice little convenient case that offers five antibiotics, life-saving ones that can treat over 50 plus uh, infections and issues, right? Obviously, antibiotics are, are very standard treatments for a lot of folks, but you don't want to have it where you don't have them on hand. And Jay's case is here to give you a convenient solution, offering five of the most common antibiotics that people use. That again, that treats so many different kinds of infections and um, and bacterial issues at a very affordable price. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves, and Jace Medical wants to empower you with the Jace case. So if you're ready to get started, get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts of tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we close out with some quick thoughts on what is still needed for the Jets going ahead. I think one of the big things for Winnipeg that, you know, the team is going to want to work on is looking to cut down on penalties. That's been a recurring theme for the, through the first two games that I think Bones is probably not thrilled with. Stick penalties are one thing, maybe some sloppy interference. It's going to happen from time to time, but I think the Jets really want to be careful about, you know, pushing themselves and overextending the depth lines on the PK. That is going to reduce their effectiveness at even strength, and I think the Jets really want to dominate and control play and push the pace at 5v5. So stay off the PK. That's a big thing. Second thing I think the Jets are going to work, going to want to work on is rebuilding that blue line because without Heinola, obviously, we know what this team would have uh, looked like with him in it, but without him, it's been a little bit rough. I think Schmidt has really struggled to keep up. Dylan is looking rough as well. And Pionk has his moments where you kind of are like, yeah, you, you, you probably don't want to lean on him too heavily when Sandberg's not around. So the Jets defense could really use a boost. We've been linked in the past to Travis Sanheim. That ship has probably sailed. I don't really think that there's a realistic scenario where that kind of pans out. But 
you know, maybe the Jets could go after somebody who becomes available that's quality more towards the trade deadline. I don't know yet what kinds of names we're going to see with the market, but there will be options, whether they're options the Jets should really trade for. Uh, that kind of remains to be seen. I think the biggest thing is just getting money off the books for Winnipeg. If you move a Schmidt or a Dylan or a Pionk, it opens up not only a spot for a guy like Declan Chisholm, but also gives the Jets a lot more cap space to bank as they start preparing for the trade deadline. Bank Banked cap space, above all else, is one of the most important things for a team. And with the Jets especially looking to contend this year, I think you really want to have them be as flexible as humanly possible and having extra space can be a godsend when you're chasing that extra sweetener to push you over the edge from just being a quality contender to being like a real prize fighter uh, title winning kind of team and i think the jets are actually a lot more uh, a lot further along that path than people realize they just need to make a couple of tweaks maybe cut some salary and repurpose it into something a little more effective and i think this jets team is going to start cooking with gas they're already good we're already seeing early signs of this team being a lot better than I think many people expected. And all I can say is they have a great platform to build from if they go along this path. But let me know what you think of these Jets so far. What are your early takeaways? What do you think the team still needs? Drop your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will see you here this week with even more Jets season coverage, so don't go anywhere. Be sure to subscribe, and as always, go Jets go.